Well, praise the Lord. Good to see everybody today. Thank you again for coming. Grab your Bibles now. You know where we're turning. We're turning to the book of Revelation. We have been studying through this book, and I believe that you, uh, hopefully, and as well as I am, and just digging out truth, and God's changing us from glory to glory. You know what I'd love to do? I'd love to be able to take a Q&A time sometime, be thinking about that, maybe some questions you have about the book of Revelation. In fact, I got a call just the other day. A man called me, and he said, Pastor, he's not a member of the church. He said, I've been watching the... Uh, a book of Revelation study on YouTube. He said, do you have a DVD series? I said, what? He said, do you have a series on Revelation? He said, my wife and I are just eating it up and studying. And I said, praise the Lord. God bless you. We don't have one, but Lord willing, maybe we can get one together sometime. That encourages me to know that people are hungry to study the Bible, the precious Word of God. You know what, beloved? One of the number one questions I have a I'm asked when it comes to the end time prophecy is this. Are you listening? If you're listening, say amen. amen. This is what I'm asked. Can a person be saved after the rapture? How many of you have ever heard that? Let me see your hand. That's one of the number one questions I'm asked just about. Can a person be saved after the rapture? Well, I'll be honest with you. The Lord has been quickening this in my heart this week, a message entitled, Don't Wait Till It's Too Late. Don't Wait Till It's Too Late. Let's say that together. Don't wait till it's too late. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till it's too late. Listen to me. Now, you're a Christian today, but don't wait till it's too late to start studying your Bible. Don't, don't wait till it's too late to start praying. Don't wait till it's too late to witness to your neighbors and to your family. No, no, don't wait till it's too late. That's the title of the message today. Don't wait until it's too late. We procrastinate. I do. You do. But don't wait till it's too late. And I'll tell you what, this thing of being saved after the rapture, can I give you some introductory remarks as we lead into our study today? And they're going to be primarily five signs to see if you're really saved today. Five signs to see if you're really saved and if you're being sanctified. That's two different uh, acts of our Lord, salvation, regeneration, and sanctification. That means after you saved, how God is setting us apart. Tell me, are you being sanctified? Are you, are you being, becoming holy? Are you being changed? Are you the same old, same old that you were when you were saved? Well, check up on yourself. I'll tell you what, don't wait till it's too late. No, no, don't wait till it's too late. Here's the Apostle Paul. He said it this way. I'm going to summarize and get to our text today. We're going to be looking at the book of Revelation chapter 7. So turn there. Revelation chapter 7. There are five signs that the Lord gave me this week to give to you. Five signs to see if you're really saved. Not everybody that says they're saved are really saved. I wonder, I wonder today if you absolutely know that you're saved. Some of you are not saved. And I'm praying for you. I love you. And I don't want you to wait too late. Don't wait too late. Please. Don't wait till it's too late. And here is my answer. Can a person be saved after the rapture of the church? I would say this. There are two different views. One says this, that you, once you've heard the gospel, that's it. You will not be able to be saved after the rapture. I lean more like that way after studying the text. Paul said it this way 
in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he said there are, we're headed this, to this direction. Let me summarize and I'll get right into our text in a moment. But y'all listen, look up here just a moment. You'll not find this. You can write it down in your notes. One, the next event on God's calendar, Jesus Christ will come in the clouds of heaven. I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? We're singing those songs about uh, victory in Jesus and uh, facing death. Oh, yes. Number one, Jesus is coming in the clouds of heaven. Paul put it this way. He said, uh, I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, are gathered together unto him. The word gathered together is the picture of the word rapture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Are gathered together unto him. There's another event that's going to take place after the rapture of the church. You know what it is? It's the Antichrist will move on the scene. And Paul enumerates that and delineates that particular thought in the book of 2 Thessalonians, the same passage, chapter 2. He says, let no man deceive you. That day not, shall not come, the day of the Lord, after the rapture of the church, except there be a first falling away and the man of sin be revealed. That's the Antichrist. Where are we headed? We're headed to see Christ coming in the clouds of heaven. I believe in the imminency of the return of our Lord Jesus. And the Antichrist is right on the verge of stepping out, the man of sin. Thirdly, the church is going to be snatched away. That is right now we're restraining the work of evil. You just think it's bad now. You wait till the church is gone. We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And right now the Holy Spirit is restraining through the church the floods of evil invading our land more so. Where are we headed? We're headed to see the demise of the devil. And that's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul said that he'll be taken out of the way and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming even him whose comings after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. And then we're going to see, oh yes, Many, listen to me, here's why I'm sharing with you this passage leading into Revelation. Here's why I'm sharing that. Some have say, you've heard it, and by the way, I don't get my theology or my biblical content based on a fictional book or a fictional movie. No disrespect to Tim LaHaye and the Left Hand Behind series. However, much fiction is incorporated into those series and into that movie. And there is a picture of a number of people, and indeed we're going to read today that people will be saved after the rapture. However, you've got to deal with this passage of Scripture as a teacher, as a preacher, as a Christian. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, write it down. Verse 9 through 11, and Paul said, Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause shall God send them a strong delusion that they might believe a lie, that they might all be damned because they received not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Y'all listen to me. You can't get saved when you want to get saved. The Holy Spirit has to draw you. Can I get an amen? That's a good place to say amen right there. Well, where we headed, five signs to see if you're really saved today. And I was thinking coming down the road to church today, what Titus was told by Paul he said they profess they know God, but in their works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work they reprobate. Listen to me. There's a lot of people that say today, I'm saved. But your lifestyle, we're going to see, is going to be the real proof of the pudding, as we say. And so, I don't know if you're really saved today or not. A lot of people, again, uh, claim to be a Christian, but I got a feeling there's going to be a great disappointment when we get to heaven. 
and at, particularly at the great white throne judgment. We want to change the outside, but God wants to change the inside. In the book of Revelation, chapter 7, here's where we're going. I preached on this text just a few uh, months ago. Matter of fact, it was Father's Day. I looked it up. Revelation 7. However, this passage came to mind again. Are you really saved? And don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait till it's too late. And here's where we're going. Five signs. Number one, uh, has there been a change or transformation in your life? I said, has there been a change or transformation in your life? We'll see that in Revelation chapter 7, verse number 9. Two, not only has there been a transformation, but number two, is there a cry of jubilation? Do you have your heart crying to God? We'll see that very clearly in Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 10 and 11. Number three, not only is there, has there been a transformation, are you really changed? And number two, is there a cry of jubilation? Number three, and namely this, has there been a time of justification? Has there been a time in your life when you went through the process of justification? Do you understand what that word means? Do you understand what that word means? Well, I'm going to talk about that and point that clearly to Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 14. But number 4, not only has there been a time of transformation, and is there a cry in your heart of jubilation? And number 3, uh, is uh, there a time of justification? But number 4, tell me, look at me please. Everybody look up here just a minute. Please, everybody look up here just a minute. Everybody's not looking. Have you, are you going through a process called sanctification? Tell me. Are you, are you going, are you going? Am I going through a process of sanctification? Is the Lord setting us apart? Are we the same old, same old that we've been for years and years and years? I tell you, you need to check up and see if you're really saved. You really do. It doesn't mean perfection, but it means, hey, God doesn't leave us just to take us to heaven. He works in us. So we're going to see that in a moment in verse number 15. And then chapter 7, verse 16, and the last verse in the scripture here, verse 17. Are you living a life of satisfaction? And that's found in the book of Revelation chapter 7. Let's go to our text today. Let's go to our text today. And the question is, and the comment is, don't wait till it's too late. Y'all listen to me. I love you. I really do. I love you with all my heart. And yet I must admit, I need God to renew my heart. And I'm convinced, I'm looking at a lot of people today and those listening by way of live stream, you slip back, you've lost ground. Maybe you've uh, gotten entangled with some stuff. Maybe you're not as passionate about the Lord. Maybe some other things have uh, stolen your affection. Oh, listen, the Lord loves us, but time's running out, beloved. Don't wait till it's too late. I love this saying right here. Salvation is not a self-improvement program that can only change us on the outside. The work of God changes us on the inside. I'm asking you, are you cooperating with the Lord? Are you being changed? Oh, listen, the book of Revelation chapter 7, here's our five signs that you're saved. Has there been a change or transformation? Is there a cry of jubilation? Has there been a time of justification? Is there proof of sanctification? And finally, do you have spiritual satisfaction? Would you stand as we read the Word of God? Revelation chapter 7. Now, you're well aware of the fact, chronologically and contextually speaking, the uh, 
Apostle John is writing in a time period where the rapture has already taken place. This is in the tribulation. It could only be and may be just a year or so away. And yet there is a great evidence there will be indeed both Jews and Gentiles saved during the tribulation. But the question is, who are these Gentiles and who are these Jews? Now skip over verses 1 through 8. Go right to verse 9. If you're there, say amen. After this, after this, metatota, I beheld. Now wait a minute, stop right there. John's going to see and he's going to hear. He's going to both see and hear a great heavenly vision. And please pay attention, a great heavenly vision. What's he going to see? What's he going to hear? Now let me just say this before I forget, and it's this. Just because we were, read the word saints in this passage does not mean this is the church. Rather, these are tribulation saints. Yes, there will be people saved during the tribulation. But don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait. There's some of you today that really need to cry out to Jesus to save you. If you died, you don't, and you're not for sure you have a home in heaven. I've talked about, with about two or three people this week who've told me they were not saved. And that concerns me, doesn't it, you? Don't wait till it's too late to talk with your friends. Don't wait till it's too late to be baptized. Don't wait till it's too late to get right with the Lord. Look at this, verse number 9 again. After this I beheld, lo, a great multitude, mega multitude, which no man could number of notice, all nations, ethnos, that means Gentiles included, all nations and kindreds and people and tongues. What were they doing? Where were they at? They stood before the throne. Again, John's in heaven. He, that is, he pictures heaven. He's not in heaven, but he's caught up to heaven. They stood before the throne. You believe in heaven? I said, do you believe in heaven? Some of y'all aren't even focused to, to, for me to preach the word of God. I pray that God will help you get focused real quick, okay? I know we've had a busy week, but oh, I love you. And my goal when you come to Sunday is that God will zero in and you'll zero in the Lord. So let's try. Let's, let's fight off the distractions. Let's, let's, let's just say, oh God, I know you got a word for me today. And I thank God for you being here. They stood before the throne, verse 9, and before the Lamb, Notice, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice. By the way, heaven's going to be loud. I'm glad that Connie Powell told me before the service started. She said, Brother Randy, I can't hear you. She said, until you turn on your microphone. I know I've been accused of being too loud, too long. Can I get a witness? <laughs> but anyway, there's some people say they can't hear me. One dear lady said, I don't need, you don't need a microphone, preacher. I can hear you. So anyway, in heaven, it's going to be loud. It's going to be loud. It's going to be loud. Verse 10. They cried with a what? A loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne. Let me pause there. And I appreciate the good work on our YouTube. I'm just telling you what's available for you as a church. Our goal is to equip the saints. And as we speak, I just want to throw in this uh, intermittent, this uh, commercial, if you will. We have a YouTube page, New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. And the Lord just had Katie to download a message dealing with angels. If you want to study angels, go to our New Rocky Creek Baptist Church page. A whole hour teaching on angels. And all I'm saying that, not promote myself, my goal and my calling and my responsibility as a pastor is to equip the saints. 
and I love to see you grow in the Lord. And that's why I'm sharing that on angels. Look at verse 11. Yes, I believe in angels, but we don't worship them. We worship the Lord. And all the angels, verse 11, stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God forever and ever. Amen. I love that. That's a picture of worship. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these? What are these? Who is this crowd? What are these that are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? Where are they? How'd they get here? And look at verse 14. And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they. Notice, which came out. Came out. Significant word there. Urkamai means they came out and they're coming out. It's in the present participle. It doesn't mean it's one long crowd. It means they're coming out and they keep coming out. That's important. And I'm not going to labor that right now. But please pay a, pay a special note to that. They came out. Don't you want to know what's going on in the tribulation? Don't you want to know what's going to be in, in, in the future? Absolutely. And I love it. They, these are they which came out of the great tribulation, the Philipsis, and have washed. That word washed is eros tense. It means it's a once and for all act, past tense. The word coming out is not past tense. Washed and notice, they washed their robes and made them. Made is past tense. In other words, John's saying, I see a crowd that's come out already. They've got their robes washed. They've been made white in the blood of the Lamb. But there's some more coming out too. They keep coming out. Oh, I like that. Notice, and they've been washed and made white in the blood of the Lamb. I don't know how red can turn white, but i tell you what. Isaiah says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Your sins be as scarlet. Oh, yes, they shall be white as snow. And though they be uh, <laughs> as scarlet, they shall be as wool. God moves our sin from us. Thank God he doesn't rub it in. He rubs it out. Verse 15, therefore, are they before the throne? And notice, they serve God. Hey, listen, we don't, we're not supposed to be spectators. Now, many of... Uh, uh, games were going on yesterday, football, baseball, professional today. Their stands full uh, and not completely today, but people are watching by television. Spectators, not participators. Can I tell you something in the church? We don't need spectators, we need participators. And I'm grateful to God we got people in this beloved church who are not just spectators and sit there and be Monday morning quarterbacks. You should have done this, you should have done that. Hey, brother. Roll up your sleeves and get in the battle, amen? Hey, sister, make a difference. It's easy to criticize and be, but man, when you're in there doing something, it's a different ball game altogether. Notice again, he said, therefore they before the throne and serve him, notice, day and night in his temple. That's verse 15, in his temple. Note this, the temple here is in, on earth. That means this is not the final state of where Christians and believers and martyred saints are going to be. The temple is not described in Revelation 21 and 22 in the New Jerusalem. So I suggest this is an intermediate state that these are worshiping the Lord. But however, in the future, there will be a New Jerusalem, no temple. We read that in Revelation 21 22. You see how the Bible comes together? connecting the dots. You see how that we don't have to guess at it. Keep reading. Therefore, they are there before the throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell with them or dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. 
neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them into living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Father, I bless you again. ask you for fresh cleansing and anointing. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going today. Number one, has there been a transformation in your life? Has there been a transformation in your life? Notice again, verse number nine of Revelation. What we're going to do is see five signs to see if you're really saved. I'll tell you what, y'all listen. I sat in the church like you're sitting today, and I was lost. I was religious, but did not have a relationship with God. At the age of 13 years old, I was baptized. I signed a card as if that gets you to heaven. That doesn't get you to heaven. You've got to be born again. And I'm convinced there's a lot of people today who are coming to church and it makes us feel good, yes. And there's a lot of people today that have a misunderstanding about the new birth. So how do I know that I'm saved? How can you know that you're saved? Number one, has there been a change or a transformation in your life? Now, it may not be as obvious with a small child as someone who's older. However, there should be a change. Notice, after this I beheld and lo a great multitude, which no man could number the nations and kindreds, people and tongues. They stood before the throne and bore the lamb clothed with white robes. Here's the change. They're clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. This clothing in white speaks of purity. I'm glad to tell you that when you get really saved, the Lord washes us clean and he puts a white robe. That is, we are righteous in his sight, not because of what we've done, rather because of the finished works of Calvary. And then palms in their hands. You know what this pictures? This pictures when we get to heaven, we're going to shout and praise the Lord. Won't that be wonderful, Garrett? You won't have to, like, be pulling teeth to get people to sing. Amen. I'm not saying you don't sing, but I'm saying this. At times, I don't really praise the Lord like I ought to. Can I get somebody to say amen? Is there anybody here that could say, I could use a little improvement when it comes to praising the Lord? I could use uh, some uh, reviving when it comes to being thankful to God. I find myself uh, complaining or, or griping instead of uh, rejoicing in the Lord. And so these palm branches or palms in their hands are praising the Lamb of God. Now notice here, how do you know that you're saved? There's been a transformation. Hey, I love this time of the year. Don't you love this time of the year? I love this time of the year where the leaves begin to change colors. How many of y'all know what takes place? Now, I'm not talking to biologists and those who have been get, get through school that understand the terminology here. I know you know that's what I'm saying. But do you know what happens to these leaves while they change colors? Do you know what actually takes place? And I'm not a scientist by any means, but I did uh, was very interested in the chlorophyll that's contained and I want to use this as an illustration as the way God changes us the Lord put it in my heart it's uh, the temperatures begin to decrease but more so the light hours are diminishing in fact two weeks from today will change time fall back don't forget that but the light hours you see what takes place in a plant or in a tree to make the plant grow is a process of sunlight and water and carbon dioxide that creates a chemical called chlorophyll chlorophyll and yet when the light hours begin to decrease the chlorophyll is no longer made because of the sunlight 
primarily and in addition to the cold weather coming in or the temperature change. And therefore, the leaf which normally would be green in its summer colors and early fall colors, this chlorophyll makes it green color. However, when this chlorophyll literally begins to die, there's some more pigments contained within these leaves. And these pigments, watch this, which are already in the leaf, they begin to surface and manifest, whether it be red or purple or yellow or orange. I love this time of the year, seeing God's beautiful creation. And the church said, Amen. The chlorophyll, it... it uh, it begins to cease, and then the uh, other chemicals begin to shine forth. What am I saying? I'm saying this, just in a similar manner, that when you become a Christian, when you get saved, there's something that's already in you that you didn't realize. It's called a spirit. And Paul makes it crystal clear. You were dead in trespasses and sin in Ephesians chapter 2. And he said, uh, but God hath... Uh, quickened us together with Christ, but God who is rich in mercy. In other words, here's what I'm saying. Every person has a body, soul, and spirit. A physical body, a soul, which is mind, will, emotions, and a spirit. Now, whether you're a trichotomist, which means tri means three, or a dichotomist, di means two. Trichotomists say there's body, soul, and spirit. Dichotomists say there's just soul and body, and the soul being the spirit. It doesn't matter, it's still the same thing. However, here's what I'm saying. The spirit is dead according to the book, of, uh, the book of Genesis. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. The Lord said what to Adam? In the day you eat the fruit, you'll do what? Surely die. That was initially mo at the moment his spirit died. And yet progressively he would physically die. I'm saying this. There's the spirit in every person. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to tell you. You're spiritually dead. That's why the Bible don't make sense. That's why you have to be drugged to church. That's why you don't want to go to church. That's why you don't want to read your Bible. The Bible is a, a love letter from God the Father to us. And it takes the Holy Spirit to interpret it. But once you get saved, watch this. Hey, I'm telling you this. God begins to change your want to. Amen. You see, there was a time in my life where I didn't care about the Bible, really. Oh, I knew it was the Bible but it didn't mean anything to me. I wasn't going to yield my life to God. I had my own initiative, my own plans, my own prerogatives, and I, you know, recognized God like many people do today. Oh, I thought I would go to heaven because my works would outweigh my bad works, my good works would, but we're not saved by works. Tell me, do you know you're saved? Tell me. If you died, do you know you'd go to heaven? Tell me. If you stood before God, then God said, why should I let you enter to heaven? What would you say? I talked with a lady just the other day. She was working at a restaurant. I asked her the same question. She said, yeah, I'm a Christian. I looked at her and said, tell me the truth. Be honest with me. She said, honestly, I'm not a Christian. I'm not saved. I said, well, thank you for being honest. And, and her name was Jenny. And I, I said, well, Jenny, can I ask you why not? She said, well, my mama just died. She said, I've got a special needs child, an autistic child, and, and I'm a single parent. And to be honest with you, she said, I'm mad and angry, and I don't need God in my life. And so I talked with her just for a few minutes there about the danger of dying. Don't wait 
till it's too late. The danger of dying, going out in eternity without God. And we're not promised of tomorrow. This change takes place, by the way, when the Holy Spirit quickens life. Just like these pigments in these leaves surface this time of the year. When the Spirit of God quickens, then we become a new creature in Christ. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 17, that great passage concerning the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That is in 2 Corinthians 5.10. But then he said, the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge, if one died for all, then we're all dead. And they, he that died, that they should, that live, should no longer live hence for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. I love verse 17. Here's what Paul said to the current church and us today. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things, watch this, all old things are passed away. All things have become new. I don't know about you, but when Jesus came in, I began to look at things differently. And when the Lord changed my heart, no, I'm not what it ought to be, but there were some changes. And listen to me, beloved. I know that we still battle with the flesh, but the Lord changed my want to. I don't want to do the same things I used to do. I'm not saying we're not tempted, but the way I know I'm saved is because the Lord Jesus is pulling on me. There's a change in my life. Has there been a change in your life? Is there a transformation in your life? Well, you check up and see because number two, there's a second sign. There's a second sign to see if you've really been changed. Are you really saved? Don't wait till it's too late. And then for those who are saved, are you being sanctified? Can you see God working in your life? Watch this. Every day. The Lord doesn't just save us to say, all right, go ahead and live like you want to live. Do what you want to do. No. He's working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13. Philippians 1.6. He that begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. We're being conformed to the image of Christ. Y'all listen to me. I believe the only reason that God has us here on earth is to glorify Him. Not to live for ourselves, but rather live and honor the Lord. And so, watch this now. How can we be changed? How can we be sanctified? Y'all listen now, please. You have choices every day. I have choices every day. You have a choice what you're going to, how you're going to act, how you're going to, uh, what you're going to do that day. And uh, the choices we make determine whether we are cooperating with the Lord or whether we are backsliding from the Lord. Question, are you surrendering to Jesus Christ as your Lord? Or are you saying, God, I know that's wrong. Are you confessing your sins? You see, that's the way we walk in fellowship with God. That's personal revival. And uh, create within me clean heart, O God. Psalm 51, 10. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Psalm 66, 18. If we regard the iniquity in the heart, the Lord will not hear us. Proverbs 28 and 13. He that covereth the sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth it, forsakes it, shall have mercy. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so the Lord says, First John chapter 2, verse 2, My little children, these things I write unto you, verse 1. First John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write unto you, you sin not. 
If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father through Jesus Christ the righteous. And you see, the Lord uh, gives us the privilege to walk with Him. Romans chapter 8 and verse seven, uh, 14, rather, Paul said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 following, Paul said, walk in the Spirit. You should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh lusts against the Spirit. The Spirit against the flesh. They're in total opposition to one another. You may not do the things you please. You have a choice. I have a choice every day. Listen, that's why church is important. That's why hearing the Word of God is important. That's why coming under the authority of the Lordship of Christ is extremely important. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. And God begins to change us as we get under the Word of God, watch this, and as we obey the Word of God. Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say do. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. His commandments aren't grievous. The lifestyle of a child of God will be obedience. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, Paul put it this way. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. I'm talking about a chain. I'm talking about the Lord setting us apart. No wonder 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, Peter said, Be holy as I am holy. Yes, no wonder we work out what God works in. When's the last time you said to God, Oh, Jesus, cleanse me, fill me, anoint me. Number two, I want to say there is their cry of jubilation. Notice in this text, there's a second sign. They cried, this crowd, I believe these to be Gentiles, who have come out of the tribulation. Many of them martyred because of their faith in the gospel. And not all, but many. These are martyred saints. These aren't the church. The church is raptured. And why wait until it's too late? But there will be a multitude saved. We know that. Here's the answer to the question. And so I want to say to you, listen to me, I want to say to you, if there's somebody saying, well, you know, like this lady told, asked me just the other day, I was preaching revival at Cornish Mountain Baptist Church. By the way, the pastor sent me a text message last Sunday and said, Pastor, we've had to shut down the church for two weeks because somebody got infected of this COVID virus. Now listen, beloved, we're having Sunday school and church, and I rejoice. But let's don't let our guard down. Let's don't let our guard down. Let's be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, because you rest assured the devil would love to shut the church down. All right, anyway, enough of that. But this dear lady, she said to me, she said, Pastor, um, it was on a Tuesday night, I've told you this before. Her name is Stacy. She said, if, 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 can a person be saved after the rapture? And I looked at her, everybody else had gone, being the pastor. I said, why are you asking, for somebody else? She said, no, for me. And I said, well, I wouldn't put it all. Don't wait until it's too late. That was on Tuesday night. But guess what happened? On Friday night, God showed up and God showed out. Oh, I was burdened to pray for that dear lady all week long. And God showed up and that dear lady hit the altar and was crying out to God and stayed there probably 10 or 15 minutes. Deanna can testify. You were there that night. Stacy came and guess what? 48 years old. You know what? We saw her two weeks ago today. 
in Covington, Georgia. You know what she said? She said, Pastor, I was baptized today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A change, a cry of jubilation. They cried with a loud voice. This is heaven. They cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation. Soteria is the word for salvation. It's where we get our word soteriology. It means the study of salvation, past, present, future, regeneration, sanctification, glorification, all tenses. Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. A cry. That reminded me of a little boy that started school. And his mom and daddy, when he came home, uh, they saw him get off the bus. And they said, son, this is your first day of school. Did you cry? He said, no, ma'am, but my teacher did. That don't sound good. Anyway, is there a cry of jubilation? Yes, a baby. You know how I knew that our children, uh, Bailey and others who've had, and uh, you know how I knew our child was healthy? Both of them, 1989 and 1986. We brought our children home. How many of your mamas remember bringing your child home from the hospital? Doesn't it seem like it was yesterday? I said, don't it seem like it was yesterday? It really does. My, you blink, blink your eyes and my, 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 time, life is just but a vapor. But you know how I knew they were okay and healthy? Because they did this right here. <laughs> you remember that? You were up all night long, weren't you? I'm not saying with Jared, but I'm probably saying with Aaron. I'm just kidding. Anyway, you were probably up all night long. You remember that. Why? They cried. And so it is with a child of God. I know I'm saved. Every once in a while, my heart cries out to God. When I slip and fall, when I take my eyes off the Lord, when I'm going through a hard time, when I don't understand, when the devil's attacking me, God puts it in my heart to cry out to God, oh, Abba, Father, Papa, Father, hallowed be thy name. Yes, we've been adopted in the family of God. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. We've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. I know I'm saved, not because of me, but because of the Lord Jesus, his finished works. And I want to praise the Lord for changing my life. Do you find yourself crying out to God? Some of you today may need to get to the Lord and cry out to God. Well, there's a third sign, and it's this. Has there been a time of justification? Notice chapter 7, verse 14. What do I mean by justification? It means when God pronounces you righteous. It means when the Lord uh, in His holiness who demands payment for sin, listen to me, do you realize what the price Jesus paid for you and me? Or do you understand that Christ died the just for us, the unjust, that it might bring us back to God? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God the Father made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him? Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep we've gone astray. The Lord had laid on him the iniquity of, of us all. Look. And uh, the moment, justification, tell me, do you have peace in your heart today? Write this verse down, Romans 5, 1. Paul, in that great letter to the Romans, condemnation, chapter 1, 2, and 3, justification, chapter 4, 5, and 6, or rather 4 and 5, 6, 7, and 8, sanctification, 9, 10, 11, election, 12 through 16, dedication. I know you got all that, but anyway, justification, Romans 5, 1. 
Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified by faith. In other words, God the Father pronounces us righteous, no longer guilty. He removes the stain, and furthermore, guess what else he does? Now, this is shouting ground, beloved. When you stop and think about this, how he takes our filthy garments of our self-righteousness, and he clothes us in his righteousness, and he gives us a standing with him as sons and daughters of God. Tell me, has there been a time where you know you pass from death into life? Tell me, is, uh, don't wait till it's too late. Aren't you concerned about others? Sure, they're dying by the masses. Sure, I'm concerned about others. Don't wait till it's too late. Yes, Jesus took my place, but I've got to hasten because there's a fourth way to see if you're really saved and if you're being sanctified. Notice, is the proof of sanctification. Therefore, are they before the throne of God? And then look at this. They serve. This crowd that John sees, they're not twiddling their thumbs. They're not whining about the streets. Oh, it's too bright. The street of gold is too bright. No, they're doing what we were created to do, to serve the Lord. Jesus said, if you want to be great, learn to be a servant. Therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him? How often? Day and night in his temple. He that sit on the throne shall dwell among them, serving the Lord. What a privilege. And as we thank God for today, and I appreciate so much the gesture of the celebration and the kindness and the love and the unity God has done all these 29 years as your full-time pastor. I look back and say, God, you deserve glory. It's all of your grace, and we thank you. The best is yet to come. But I want to tell you the greatest joy of my life besides knowing Jesus Christ is serving the Lord. Oh, yes, serve the Lord with gladness. He makes it well worth it. Have you ever noticed when you serve the Lord, you feel good about it? Have you ever noticed that, that when you don't feel good and maybe you're having a bad day? I'm not saying you have a bad hair day, but maybe you do. If you'll pick up the phone yesterday, can I tell you what I did as I was preparing for today and doing the radio broadcast and here at the church, uh, the Lord put it in my heart to call one of our ladies. She just turned 84 years old yesterday. Guess who it is? Ann Dodson. 84 years young. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. 84 years. 84 years. And after I talked with her for about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I hung up the phone and praised the Lord that God is good. Here's the deal. Again, the chlorophyll, the xanthophyll, uh, carotenoid, and anthocyanin. These are the substance in these leaves that surface to the top. We're talking about the change that takes place. Yes, summer and winter and fall. Yes, I want to tell you something. God has His Spirit in us. First Corinthians, First Corinthians three uh, sixteen. The Spirit of God dwells in us. Uh, Ephesians chapter four verse thirty. The Spirit of God seals us. First Corinthians chapter twelve verse thirteen. We're baptized in the body of Christ, 
and Ephesians 5, 18. We are filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God's in us. Listen, beloved. And God is wanting the Spirit of God to come alive. Walk in the Spirit. You should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That's Romans 13, verse 14. How about Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24? Put off the old man and put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness. What we're saying is this. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to understand how to live the Christian life and how to be transformed and how to make a difference, a mission field. Oh, yes, don't wait till it's too late. Last but not least, do you have a spiritual satisfaction? They shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore, neither shall the sun light on them anymore, nor any heat, for the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now, it indicates here, it appears at least, there will be tears in heaven. However, uh, John and many scholars believe According to Revelation 21, 4, there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither should there be any more tears. That's in the new Jerusalem. Now, will there be tears at the judgment seat of Christ? You be the judge. I don't know. I know this. It's going to be a very sobering, serious time when we stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. Not to determine, hear me, whether we go to heaven or hell, but rather how we've lived here on earth, how we've served the Lord here on earth. Yeah, it makes a difference. Now, I know at times, listen to me, I'm getting ready to close. I know at times you really, and I've been where you're at, I, I know at times you really don't want to hear what I say. I understand that. I've been where you're at. But I'll, I, I guarantee you this, or at least I'll share with you this. My goal in sharing in love, speaking the truth in love, challenging you, challenging me, is that you and I will be prepared for the judgment seat of Christ. Now, right now, you might not like what's being said when you come to church, and you might not like all the preaching of the Word of God. I'll assure you when you get to heaven, you'll say, thank God for the Word of God. And that's my goal. Even though I know now it's uncomfortable, I know now it's stepping on toes, I know now that, you know, everybody, especially if, you, um, if, you know, if you're not right with the Lord, last thing you want to hear is something like confessing sin. You know, so I understand that. Been there, done that, still there. But I tell you, I love you, and I thank God for you. So don't wait until it's too late. Now then, what about it today for you? Have you developed a prayer life? Do you need to redig those wells? Do you need to rededicate your life to the Lord? How about it today? Maybe some for the first time would say, you know, Pastor, I, I don't really have a relationship with God, but I'm searching and I'm seeking, and, and uh, God may not open up the window of heaven and audibly say, Hey, you, get saved. God may not do that. I'll tell you this, the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit of God will, and that's why you're here today, knocking, and will you yield to him as we go to the Lord in prayer right now? What is God saying to you? Let's stand to our feet, can we? Don't wait till it's too late. Don't wait to really start disciplining your flesh. Start uh, praising the Lord. Don't, don't wait uh, until it's too late to go talk with your family member. Please, don't wait till it's too late. No, right now, right now, right now, will you purpose in your heart? Right now, right this moment. God, I don't want to procrastinate. I know there's some things that you're up to in my life. And see, I know the Lord will bless you. Hallelujah. <laughs> It'll be worth it, man, if you could only see what God's going to do in your life. 
as you follow through. Blessings, blessings. Oh, yes, Father, thank you for the blessings of life. Thank you for your goodness and grace. And, oh, God, I bless you for your church. I bless you uh, for this day, and we give you honor and glory. I'm asking now for someone here may not have a relationship with you, that, God, today will be the day of salvation. And we just love you, Lord, and bless you for what you're up to. Now, Lord, continue to change me, my mind, my will, my emotions, my attitude, my disposition. And, Father, thank you. It's, oh, God, it'll be worth it all when we see you one day. We praise you in Jesus' name. Blessings on each person this year. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.